Hello everyone and welcome to Worth Vibe, a brand new interview series for and about sustainability and wellness. My name is Alia Morrow, former creative director turned ecopreneur. Each week I'll be inviting inspiring guests, scientists, fashion designers, writers, speakers, environmental activists to learn, educate and provide necessary conversations to better ourselves and the planet. Find us on Apple, Spotify or wherever you get your podcast. Subscribe and follow us today so you don't miss an episode. Hello, welcome to the very first episode of Worth Vibe. It's Alia here. It is great to have you all with me. This week, I am thrilled to be joined by the marvelous Ursula de Castro, designer and co-founder of Fashion Revolution. She is also the upcycle queen. Ursula is a pioneer and internationally recognized opinion leader in sustainable fashion. In 1997, she founded From Somewhere, a label designing clothes made entirely from pre- and post-consumer waste. In 2006, she co-founded Aesthetica, which was London Fashion Week showcase for labels designing sustainably. And in 2013, she co-founded Fashion Revolution, marking the tragedy in Dhaka, Bangladesh, on 24th April 2013, when the Rana Plaza factory collapsed, killing and injuring thousands of workers, which was a catastrophe and a great example of why we're here today. Ursula, thanks so much for being here. We're very happy today to have you with us. Thank you so, so much for inviting me. Absolutely. I want to start off by highlighting your book that was published just a couple of months ago. It's called Loved Clothes Last, How the Joy of Rewearing and Repairing Your Clothes Can Be a Revolutionary Act. It's truly an amazing read. Would you tell us what inspired you to write this book? I always tell the same story about the inspiration because the inspiration wasn't really mine in a way. I don't think I would have had the confidence to just come up and say, oh, here I am. I'm going to write a book. But I was approached by my agent on Instagram and I never looked at my DMs. Potentially, I discovered DMs on that occasion. And this lovely lady wrote to me saying that she wanted to commission a book on mending. And with my usual, you know, super honesty, I said, I'm terrible at mending. (laughs) And so I said, I don't think I can do a how to mend, but I can do a why to mend. And that's my book. Because although there are much better people at teaching mending than me, I've got an understanding of the industry, of the history of this industry. I've been thinking a lot about clothes all my life. And so it's not just about the mending techniques. It's the reasons why we need to understand why clothing longevity is so important for the future of, you know, next generations and the future of the planet as well. Amazing. I mean, it definitely sort of made me think much more about clothing selections, you know, what fabrics are used, mm-hmm. where they were produced, and most importantly, what we should do with the items when we no longer want them. And there are loads of facts and figures to back up the points made. 
it's truly an engaging and thought-provoking book, which I highly recommend to our listeners. Thank you. Thank you. Absolutely. Let me ask you, what was your inspiration behind, you know, starting to rewearing and repairing clothes? Like, how did you get started? And we would love to know how you became this fashion revolutionary. <laughs> so, as I said, I'm one of these sad individuals that can spend all of their lives talking about clothes. I've obviously invested in clothes much more than just their function. All of my memories are around what I wore, what my mum wore, what my cousins wore, what my granny. I mean, I can hardly remember things, but I remember clothes and clothes in context. And I am a maker. I'm a creative. So ever since I was young, I would, you know, take my crochet needle and start changing the aspect of my clothes, customizing. Then, of course, I started a whole brand, small upcycling brand called From Somewhere, which I started in 1997. And we were one of the very first brands to actually upcycle at scale. We used not just secondhand clothing and post-consumer waste, but we used pre-consumer waste, which is what is discarded by the brands. And at the time, in 1997-98, I didn't intend to become an activist. I intended to be a fashion designer and I intended to be a person that talked about clothes from morning until evening. That was it. The politics wasn't so there. And then I saw, and then I saw the waste. And then I saw the industry moving from Italy, which is where I'm from, even though I'm London-based, moving to other countries and this incredible dignity of work being lost, this incredible quality of of materials also being temporarily forgotten. And at that point, I realized that my creativity could be of use. I could say something with the clothes that I designed, but also the clothes that I chose to wear. You know, for me, a well-mended jumper is like a slogan t-shirt that says, These are my principles. A torn dress, which is lovingly darned, is like a tattoo. It's like a scar on your skin. It tells a precise story. So I'm very, very romantic. I find the concept of wearing something only once the equivalent of a one-night stand. And I actually really prefer falling in love. I'm just that kind of a woman. Longevity wearing things again and again that reflects my personality but nowadays it also reflects a social struggle and an environmental crisis which is why obviously I'm making it hoping that other world will follow suit That's very beautiful. Obviously, we all need to sort of undo and unlearn some things and create new habits and be a little more conscious about purchasing and caring for clothing. So Ursula, we are taping this episode in April. It's also the Fashion Revolution Month, and I wanted to talk about Fashion Revolution. The core question Fashion Revolution asks is, who made my clothes? And this simple question has been a powerful uh, movement to educate people about the social and environmental impact of our clothing purchases. Uh, Would you tell us a little more about what's happening with Fashion Revolution this year? 
It's super exciting this year. I can't wait. So our theme is rights, relationship, and revolution. And we are talking about the interdependentness between people and nature. This is an old theme for us, this theme in 2017 and 2018. But I guess at the time, it was a little bit more niche as an understanding, this concept that you can't really fight for nature unless you're respecting people and vice versa, and that we can't really welcome a future unless we treat each other with equity and as equals and respect the nature that we all share and that we are a part of. Again, it's going to be online this year because of COVID restriction in most of the countries. Fashion Revolution is now present in over 90 countries, which is a big growth. It's our eighth year. We started as a result of the Rana Plaza. So it's always around the 24th of April, which is the Rana Plaza's anniversary. And this year we have a whole host of events from our fashion question time, which is the opening event. We have amazing speakers from Vandana Shiva, who is a, you know, guru and um, eco-feminist, an amazing speaker, Nazma Akhtar, a unionist from Bangladesh, Baroness Lola Young will be chairing again. So these are just a few names. But we have events all over the world. We have events with the WFDO, the World Fair Trade Organization, with Canopy all around deforestation. So really exciting events. Our initiative Fashion Open Studio this year, um, supporting emerging designers. We have 51 designers from 20 countries or something like that. So it's huge. It's riotous. We're launching a new hashtag, Who Made My Fabric, part of our partnership with the Tamil Nadu Alliance. So growing exponentially and trying to touch as many of the important topics that we all need to understand in order to embrace fashion as fashion really should be a positive force. Absolutely. I mean, that's truly amazing. Listeners, if you would like to get involved with the movement, please go to fashionrevolution.org. So Ursula, how do you feel sustainability is being addressed by the major brands and companies currently? What are some changes that can be made in terms of making fashion more environmentally friendly, but also worker friendly? Difficult to answer, but I shall try. So I very much believe that particularly mainstream brands have an obligation to turn the tides. We have seen decades of social and environmental exploitation. You know, we were talking before about the narrative that people want to wear something and throw it away immediately to get something new, that's a very, very dangerous narrative for the environment that brands have been all too happy to push. I would like to see fast fashion brands, as well as, of course, addressing the issue of fair pay for all of their workers, but I would like to see in particular fast fashion brands providing repairs in all of their stores because we need repairs to become part of our culture, 
again. In places such as India, for instance, repairing and bespoke is still completely part of the fabric of the community. Can't we learn from those countries and bring them back? Because that's what we need. You know, easy for me to mend my trouser, but if you are you know, mother of four in lockdown, no, you're not going to start mending jeans at eight o'clock in the evening, frankly. You're going to be exhausted. You want to go to your local Sainsbury's. You want to go to your local Zara and have them repaired. I want to see the mainstream luxury becoming more transparent. I want transparency to be mandatory. And there's money to be spent in order to create visibility in the supply chain. And unfortunately, brands however much money they're making, they're not happy to spend. And unfortunately, with sustainability, it is an investment, and all investment requires an initial spend. And brands, as I said, have made enough money from us, their clients, and I believe they have an obligation to give us a much better product, a product that we can Vouch is made by people that are treated with dignity and respect and a product that doesn't contain harmful substances that can be negative for us and negative for our community. We do know for a fact that without mandatory transparency, I cannot treble check that some, for instance, banned chemical isn't present in the clothes I'm wearing. That would be negative for me. The skin is the second most absorbent organ in our body. But then every time we wash them, we affect our neighbors. And so these are the things that I want to see brands taking seriously. The bigger they are, the bigger the obligation. And then there is a question of visibility. Nowadays, high streets look the same from Milan to Mumbai. I want to see the alternative. I want to see renting, mending, swapping, sharing, crafts, designers that are previously unseen, cooperatives, so much more variety because fashion is about individualism. And right now we don't have choice. Right now we just have same, 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 same. Absolutely. I mean, that's so interesting. Do you think artisans are the future of fashion? Like, what are some ways big luxury brands can support artisan communities? The craft is already one of the biggest employers of women globally. And at the same time, we are losing skills and crafts as fast as we are losing animal species. Now, the loss of a skill and a craft is an important loss in an overall ecosystem. We're more, more often than not the West responsible for it. So, I mean, if we look at waste, for instance, our incessant throwing away cheap fashion because it's not good enough to be mended is going to really invade countries which we have already exploited for hundreds of years. Hundreds of years. Our waste, which is cheap, and overflowing has already undermined local craft skills in places where they were thriving before. You know, what would be, for instance, the need to preserve expensive, elaborate, intricate textile skills if you can go and buy a pair of denim for nothing? You know, where's that heritage going? And I feel that responsibility very acutely. 
this is why I say the only antidote to a throwaway society is to keep, because keeping also helps us to preserve natural rhythms and natural skills that, are, that have been present. But I also want to marry the concept of craft with the future. So crafts have been evolving for millennia. They are a mixture of something very ancient, which is constantly evolving. So I see upcycling, for instance, as something that could be a modern craft, and it could be a huge creator of jobs, particularly in those countries where there is so much waste. So we need to really understand the importance of manual skills. If you think of a surgeon, they need very similar skills to a very highly skilled seamstress. You know, we're cutting, we're sewing with precision, firm hand, attention to detail, so that we need to really preserve our manuality, you know, for our own wealth. What can brands do again? it is to really ensure that you're giving that work to the right people. You know, many times, because the supply chain is not transparent, we are told that, you know, a beautiful embroidery is made in a certain country, but we cannot verify. And it's often not made where we think it is. It's often made somewhere else. And we cannot scrutinize exactly in what condition. For the luxury brands, I say luxury needs to be 100% traceable. We need to see the origin of the material and every single bit of handwork. But it is as important that we preserve our skills that it is that we preserve our fauna and our animal kingdom. Absolutely. That's so beautiful. Arts and production can also sort of change uh, the relationship between us and our clothing, like handmade piece is more likely to be treasured and could lead to fewer but more loved pieces in our closets. Absolutely. So aside from re-wearing and mending clothes, what do you think are some other actionable steps we can take in our everyday lives? Like what are some other ways we can make our wardrobes more sustainable? I think it's always a mixture of things. Um, and I love how your question is at the plural. Most people say, what's the one thing that we can do? And it's never one thing. So even if you look at the population, you know, some people are really interested in fashion, but other people just get dressed. You don't need to be a fashionista, but you still have to wear clothes. And so obviously actions will be different depending on, on who you are and what you can do. So it's just as important to take up your knitting needle as it is to be vocal within your community. The thing when people say speak truth to power, that power doesn't necessarily have to be that powerful. You know, it could be your local church. It could be your local gym. It could be your local school, places where you could start a debate. Of course, I'm also going to say to join your fashion revolution team globally, wherever you are, because what we do do very well is cater for all of these different people. So if you do go on our website, for instance, there's ways that you can become involved as a clothes lover. So if you want to uh, activate on social media, there's so much that you can do. But you might be shy. You might not want to do a selfie like me, for instance. And then there's loads of other ways like sending a postcard or sending an email to a brand. But basically, make your voice heard. But from the bottom of my heart, the only advice that I can give anyone that listens is to start 
from the bottom of your heart because this is not like going on a quick diet. You know, we don't want people to think that in 10 days <laughs> you can change everything. You won't. It's a lifetime change. It's a change of habit. And so it should start from something that feels really important to you. I know so many people that got into sustainability because of their love, profound love of animals. So they went into this conversation from an animal welfare point of view. I came to it 100% from an environmental point of view. And our policy director, for instance, for her, it was always about the social. So you'll know, if you question your heart and your stomach and your soul, you'll know what interests you. That's an entry point. That's a valid entry point because it means that you will give it the time it needs to inform yourself more, to learn more, to bring people along in this journey. So that's always what I suggest. Make your voice heard. And that's just beautiful. Here on Worth Vibe, we'd like to get to know each just a little bit more by asking some rapid fire questions, not necessarily about sustainable fashion, but they can be all over the place. How does that sound to you? Sounds great. Here we go. How do you start your day? Coffee, tea, workout? Coffee, 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 coffee. In fact, the best, my son's just bought one of those espresso machines. Like, definitely coffee. Totally, same here. What makes you smile no matter what? Music. I have a eclectic tastes, but at the minute I've just downloaded the Met, the opera on demand. And opera makes me be ridiculous. It makes me smile, dance, cry, everything. <laughs> Beautiful. Um, dogs or cats? Cats. Toast or crumpets? Toast. What's your favorite movie? Oh, that's a tough one. It's an old film from an Italian film director called Gillo Pontecorvo, and the film is called The Battle of Algiers. Um, it's shocking and frightening, and it changed my perspective when I first saw it. It's a great film. Heels or flats? Ha, both. <laughs> What's one thing you still have from your childhood? I have so many things from my childhood. The list is endless. So I guess the only real thing that I still have from my childhood, though, is me. Absolutely. Must-have purse item? Lipstick. Lipstick. Awesome. And favorite book at the moment? At the moment, I'm reading Transcendent Kingdom by Yagyazi, but I haven't finished it. Although Homegoing was one of my favorite books of all time when I read it. I read it when it just came out, so it was a, a while back. But this year, the book that I have finished and enjoyed the most is called Girl, Woman, Other by Bernardine Evaristo. But one of my favorite books of all time, and I have to mention it because I loved it, is called The Sun by an author called Philip Mayers. I read an awful lot, so this is a really tough question. I love that. I love that. One thing you do to manage stress? Fiddle with my elastic relentlessly all the time. <laughs> What's your one guilty pleasure? Wine. Awesome. I mean, this was like a quickest quick fire ever. Um, 
So uh, some final questions to you. Is there anything you read, watched or listened recently, like a book or a documentary or a podcast that you really loved and would like to recommend? Okay, so I always recommend Claire Press's podcast because it is, you know, well, I, I love her. I think her, her thinking is brilliant. I would like to recommend a TV series that just aired in the UK called It's a Sin. Um, that I thought was incredible. And the other one that I thought was brilliant in TV was I May Destroy You. So that I don't watch that much TV, but I have to say I was absolutely massively impressed with those two series and I saw a beautiful documentary but unfortunately I'm not so sure that I remember the title but it should be easy to find about the disabled rights movement in the US in the 70s when it originated and I wish I could remember the title because that was absolutely also completely perception altering. We'll be sure to look it up. I mean, these are amazing recommendations. If you could advise listeners to shift, change, or like try one small thing, maybe a habit today that can lead to a more conscious living or sustainable living, what would that be? Mine would be this kind of idea of analyzing your wardrobe. People analyze their wardrobe for style, for, and I'd say analyze it for your principles. Really identify what you wear, what you don't wear, what works for you, what doesn't work for you, and start this journey of longevity with your clothes. Uh, it sounds overtly simple, but at the end of the day, if you multiply it by the millions of people that are buying and wearing clothes, it will have an incredible effect. It will have an incredible effect on your life. Because we've forgotten so much about the art of wearing clothes. If you enjoy wearing clothes, you can really make a big difference with your own wardrobe. And the combination of making something sustainable and fun at the same time is incredibly motivating. Truly beautiful. Great advice. I just totally love that. Last question, what do you consider to be your greatest achievement thus far and what do you yearn to accomplish in the future? Well, the standard question would be that my greatest achievement have been my children and my grandchildren, but I didn't achieve them. They kind of achieved me or we achieved each other and I certainly didn't do it on my own. I had a lot of help from their fathers. Everything I've done in my life has felt an achievement, but everything I have done, I've done with somebody. You know, I am a great team maker and I work with others. So I'm going to have to be very honest and say that the book is my greatest achievement because, of course, I had help, but it's truly the one thing that came from inside of me and I did. It's a massive, massive achievement for me. And I would really dearly love to write another one. When I was writing the book, I felt at my most creative. It was more suited to me almost than making clothes. It was similar, you know, it was a similar process. I would write a phrase, I would look at it, and then I'd think, oh, no, I just need those three, four words more. It was like looking at a hemline and saying, ah, oh, no, I need a bit more of a French 
seem or, you know, it's just similar process, but one that I've really, really, really enjoyed. So that's something I would love to do again. It's just truly inspiring. It's been a pleasure to chat with you. I'm totally and truly inspired by you and everything you do. Thank you so much for having this chat with me. I thank you because I'm very much a fan of what you do and I really hugely appreciate your support. Thank you. Thank you so very much for listening to this episode. Next week, we'll be back with another special guest and very soon, we'll be including audience engagement as well. Stay tuned for that. Do make sure you're subscribed, download, share the link and please leave a review to get the word out about the podcast. And you can also share on your Instagram, tag me at Alia and at Worthwhile to be featured on our page. We appreciate your support. From all of us here at Worth Vibe, I'm Alia Morrow. I'll see you next week. Have a beautiful day.